Welcome to Fencing Stories, Alfie Smith. Alfie Smith is a foil fencer. He's active at his university. So um, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks, Nick. You're You're always welcome. Always welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So I've, I've sent you a few questions, and obviously this does happen in podcasts where people are giving questions in advance, so I hope the listeners don't mind. Yeah. So Alfie, can you tell me about like your introduction to fencing? Yeah, sure. I started fencing when I was 13, back in 2017, I think it is. I think my maths might be right. So I started... So many years. So many years so ago. Many years so ago. many years ago. So I started and I uh, took the beginner's course with friends of mine two other mates and I wasn't really sporty as a kid but fencing seemed fun and it was a nice little opportunity and um, I decided to go along with a few mates and I really enjoyed it yeah it was it was great fun my my two mates didn't didn't continue on after me I thought they they, I think they found it just a bit of fun I really started to enjoy it and that's where I started and I started at Northampton, being taught by Paul Wilmot, as I think you were as well. Sort of the, that was the sort of the beginning of my um, introduction to fencing, starting off as a regular beginner. Believe it or not, Alfie, I started fencing before Paul Wilmot started fencing. Oh, really? Yeah, I was uh, probably about a year before him. Oh, right. Uh, he does tell a brilliant story about when we first started doing Ape together. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm not going to spoil that story. And, uh, <laughs> You're going to wait for him. It. You're going to wait for him. I'd like I'd like to speak to Paul at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Paul's a quite a big figure in the East Midlands, especially East Midlands vets community. So yeah, why not? So what drew you to fencing with your group of friends when when you first started? What what drew you to to start fencing, which is a bit of an unusual sport? Uh, yeah, um, I, I think the honest answer is uh, I was an absolute nerd. Loved. Loving Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, that kind of thing. Parts of the Caribbean, it's the sort of thing I was brought up on. Just And it seems so fun and it seemed like a closest you can get to sword fighting, really. And that's the, that's the honest answer. But I, I think it, it changed significantly going, going through it and sort of understanding it as a, as a, as a real sport and an, an elite performing sport. And I think that was something that appealed to me and made me continue on. So was it the 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 develop like the physical development, the technical development that you could then get from fencing that enabled you to continue? Um yeah, really. I was very fortunate that I had a great sort of coach to begin with. I had Stephen Conroy, who used to coach the beginners uh, and the juniors at Northampton in Moulton. He he was really inspiring to begin with and uh, I loved fencing him and yeah, he really inspired me and started working on technical stuff and started working on the very physical side of it um, and it just really appealed to me as I developed more and more, especially in those early couple of years. So what were behind your choices behind kind of, I know you do foil and you do you exclusively do foil? No. No, I don't anymore. I uh, I've been mixing it up with all three weapons. You rebel! I know, I know. But I only compete in foil at the moment. I'd like to, I'd like to dabble in the other two, maybe in the future. But I, I've only competed in foil. But I enjoy the other two weapons. I um, I don't know with foil uh, why I specifically went to it, 
but uh, may, maybe it was also yeah Stephen Conroy and the encouragement that the juniors normally did foil anyway, and it was the weapon I began and was taught first. So I suspect that that had a really driving factor. That was a real driving factor for me, and what encouraged me to keep doing it really. So what's behind the the slight change in you trying the other weapons? Is there is there a, are there crossovers in relation to sort of tactics or or moves? Yeah, I, I I think I think that I I think that you you can have that. I think there is similar. Uh, I think you can learn from all the different weapons. I mean, um, especially foil and saber, you have priority rules that apply there, though they are distinctly different. They they can still apply and they can you can still interchange them. And also with epe, I mean point control as well. That comes into it, and I think. You, especially with four you can move between the weapons a lot easier so i've i've found it fun and a bit of light relief if i'm honest to mix between the two and just in, enjoy them in a non non competitive way i must admit if if you get a sabra that's doing a pay that's that's always oh it's always fun like to watch an, isn't it an easy match it's always fun to watch yeah i i, I yeah i've been driven more recently uh, towards diversifying in terms of weapons because of my fencing at university and team fencing and occasionally you're asked to fill in a gap so at the moment um, next week I'm fencing for my university against Loughborough and I'm doing foil epee and sabre all in a team match and uh, well we'll see how that goes <laughs> Uh, all in one all in one day yeah. you've got so so are you going to be knackered at the end of that absolutely yes usually I'm yeah good for you be. I mean I mean I enjoy it. it gets the most out of the fencing for the day doesn't it and uh, get yeah you might as well yeah might as well might as well yeah so tell us tell us more about this uh, these these matches because is it is it is it the British University Sports Championship Association is that what it used it's, to be it, I, I, tell, I, tell us more it's a British it, I, British school championship it's something like that I should have really revised that before I came on it's not very known about in the um, fencing community I don't think especially if you're not younger and going to university every week university students up and down the country go go to different towns and cities to fence opposite university teams um, we're all in tiers. We've got the premier tier at the top, then tier 1A, tier 2, tier 3 and so on. And it's your university's in a tier and you have to fence up the tier, a bit like football leagues really. You basically go across the country and fence other people in your tier group and try and win, try and win by the end of the year. You fence one match at home and one match away. It's foil, epe and sabre. And it's all to 45. So you, you're taking, you should be taking around about nine people to, uh, to a match. But it often doesn't work out like that. And you often have to fill gaps like I occasionally do and do multiple weapons. So is the format Italian relay? Yes. Or First 45. For each, for each, for weapon. each team yeah. weapon. And is that male only or is it no there's a are there female female teams no there's a a female league separately there's a whole separate female league so which which university are you at so i'm at uh university of nottingham uh which is really 
turning into a, I'd really like to say that it's turning into a massive hub of fencing at the moment. Um, especially in the East Midlands, we're getting some really top class fences in. So we've got uh, fences like Ed Scott Payne, James Geel. Uh, on the foil side, we've got um, Oliver Strange, Joe Blair, Nick Williams. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's uh, we're getting lots of different fences in, and it's turning into a really nice hub of fencing. And am I right in that the East Midlands use University of Nottingham as a bit of a training hub as well? Not as much anymore, I don't believe. I haven't, I haven't done anything with East Midlands in a while in terms of with the uni. Uh, I know we get we're asked to do Winton occasionally. I was, um, I am an East Midlands fan, so I should point out. But um, I try to convince some of my fellow University of Notts mates to come and have a go at Winton, which is really enjoyable. Yeah, that's good fun, but. Uh, I'd like to do some more intermed- intermingling between uh, clubs in the East Midlands um, to sort of open the club out and and get lots of different fences in, really. So sometimes on Facebook, I do see that there are matches between different uh, different clubs. So I think Milton Keynes has a bit of an arrangement with a couple of clubs down there. And I've seen that there's some clubs in the West Country that do similar as well. It would be it would be a good it would be a good thing to do I think yeah I, I think I think that'd be definitely something for the future it, I, I think it's occasionally the case that university clubs tend to exist as their own separate entity yeah um, compared to a, an actual club and I, I think that that is that is fair to a certain degree as it is a university club and it is university membership if that makes sense but yeah i i i think we are open to in the future doing some stuff with other clubs as well maybe some team matches against other clubs and that might be interesting to do i think that certainly would yeah um we have a fantastic range of fences and uh yeah it'd be interesting opportunity i always think it's interesting when you get the younger fencers who've got lots of energy and they come up against veteran fencers who've maybe got a little bit more um, maybe strategic nows. And and the matches can be very, very, very interesting from that perspective. Um, yeah, yeah, they can be. Obviously, uh, what you're tapping onto there is the significantly different way that veterans and younger fencers fence very energetic and very mobile style of younger fences whereas veterans fence in a very very much more classical way very centered on the middle of the piece and um uh, well i don't know how fair that analogy is um not not as much movement i think it's fair to say well i remember one of my best victories was on time Oh really? <laughs> Which probably doesn't doesn't shock you. <laughs> Just waiting it out. Yeah. I, lo- I, lo- I love a four-two timed out. Four-two timed out. Was that a pool or a D? Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a pool. You're okay, I was, was going to say that's that's before. I was going to say if that was a D, it's pre-priority rules. Yeah, <laughs> pretty shocking. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this uh, this podcast is called Fencing Stories. So, do you have a story about fencing? Do I have a story? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can tell a few stories about fencing. 
Just one take, is good enough. So quite, try and pick pick your best one. I'll, I'll tell quite a funny story about the university fencing, and it's one of absolute disaster. If I'm honest, brilliant. Um, it's so we have to do as well as doing the league. There's a cup match as well that universities do, where we're all in together and we all have to fence each other. For example, we're going to um, Bangor in Wales in a couple of weeks' time on a coach to go fence their team in uh, in a cup match. So we, we, we got this cup match arranged down in London against a university team that I won't mention. We went down and the whole trip was an absolute disaster. We got on our train. Uh, it was a very late match, so the match started at 7 o'clock. We got on a train and then we got into St Pancras and we didn't quite know the way we had no map uh, we had to wait and call up um, our coach for instructions and then we finally got a location where we were going to um, because it was a bit shady we didn't quite know where whereabouts it was we knew the university but we didn't know where the sports center was we then got <laughs> um, yeah exactly yeah yeah we, we knew the uni but not the sports center then we got we, we weren't sure either because it was actually a school so anyway we got a cab we got a cab and we got um and I was sitting in the cab with James Gowan do you know James definitely know James yeah we definitely know James and um he doesn't like it if things go a little bit wrong no, he does doesn't he? and this is this is in the middle of London as well and we decided and we got a uh, very very talkative cab driver so also you've got to bear in mind we left about we left about half four and we haven't eaten yet and we get into a match for seven o'clock. So we're at this point we're also absolutely starving. Um, <laughs> so and we get a very talkative cab driver who turned who turned out to be very very political whilst whilst we were doing it. Um, and we we got got to the location. And it turned out it was a school. And not only was it a school, it was also parents' evening at that school. <laughs> so there was kids and their parents. And we weren't, we tried to get entry and we weren't allowed in um, because of safeguarding rules. We couldn't get let in to a certain time. So we were stood out on the street in the cold. And it was about this time last year. So it was freezing cold. We were starving in the middle of London, um, waiting to be let into this venue. Not only that, the other team that we were meant to fence was nowhere in sight. Um, so we had no idea what we were really doing. Um, what we ended up, what ended up happening was that um, we <laughs> we uh, ordered Deliveroo to the side of <laughs> to the side of the street. We actually ordered it to someone's house. And we stood outside their house waiting for the food to be delivered. And the guy turned up on a bicycle and he went past us at first. And we had to chase after the bicycle. This is, yeah. Because he thought James Gowan was going to attack him. Yeah, James Gowan, yeah. The monster that he is, he's going to chase him down. Um, so then we, we, we were there waiting. And then finally we got let in. Um, got let into the location. We turned up, and at this point, we're all pretty miserable, and we've all we've all had a little bit of Mac McDonald's to eat, and 
we we then dis- decided to sit around to wait for our opposition. The match was meant to start at eight. They turned up about quarter. Uh, sorry, the match was meant to start at seven. They turned up about quarter to eight, um, late, as they knew it was they couldn't get into the location till a certain time. But that information obviously hadn't been passed on to us. And by that point, we were very angry, very annoyed, um, very tired. Anyway, the match went pretty smoothly. I had an absolute stinker to begin with. I I couldn't hit anything. I was hitting off target all the time. Um, and it took me a bit to get back into the match. But we eventually, we eventually won after quite a long and dragged out match. Um, and we decided to set off for home. It was only... Um, there's more? There's yeah, more? Yeah, 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 there's more. There is more to this story. Sorry, you're going to have to do a two-part episode on this. We, we then got to St Pancras um, and we had to wait another half an hour before our train. And it was about 20 minutes had gone past when we found out that we're actually only getting the train halfway and there's a replacement bus service. Oh, brilliant. Yep. Um, and this, was, this was around the start of the train strikes, you know, last couple of train strikes. And we got, and we were absolutely silent the whole way. And I remember one of my fellow foil teammates decided to go, go across St Pancras looking for alcohol, basically. And he opened up a couple of beers on the train. Got, we got the train halfway and then got a miserable replacement bus service all the way back to Nottingham. And we got back around 12.30 or so, something like that. And it was an absolutely miserable day. Yeah. Did you did you did you fence angry? Did the team fence angry? Oh yeah. You, you we ended up fencing the saber like we wanted to lop the other person's head off. It was, <laughs> it, yeah. It was really, uh, really angry fencing. I've never, sounds perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Um, we had an American with us who's one of the coolest guys I've ever met. But that day I saw him absolutely fuming. Um, <laughs> it's quite quite amusing to see, actually. Yeah, that's. But that's not to deter anyone from Bucks University fencing at all. It's normally really fun and really well organised. This was just a a really awful occasion. A hilarious outlier. Yeah, it was. It was a proper series of unfortunate events. Yeah, that was. So, Alfie, what what sort of fencing have you been doing recently? Have you been at the university? Have you been to clubs? And have you done any tournaments? Uh, yeah, so I've been fencing at the club, uh, Nottingham University Club. We fence there about, we fence twice a week, normally sparring, but you can also get lessons and there's also physical building as well and development there. But that's that's most of the training I've been doing. Last competition I did was the RAF Open, which is an absolutely fantastic Open. Yeah, RAF Gosford in the West Midlands, yeah, yeah. Not, far, uh, not far away from me. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You've done it, haven't you? You've done it a couple of times. Yeah, it's. Um, I've done it. I've done it once. Done it once. Did done it, last it once. Year. Oh, really? It's, yeah. It's really. And then good followed event. it up. Yeah. Followed it up with the Veterans Winton Cup at the same venue. Oh, really? Yeah. Is is that run by the RAF? It's not run by the RAF, is it? It's... So the Winton Cup is run um, externally by another organisation yeah. that look after the Winton Cup every, Cup every year. I think it's the British Veterans Fencing Association that look after the Veterans Winton Cup mm. 
but it's been at it's been at RAF Cosford a couple of times. I think this this year it was somewhere it was at Lillishaw, I think, or somewhere else somewhere else close by. Mm. It, but because it, of uh, because of my work, I couldn't really can, attend. Oh, fair enough. I mean, um, today is we're recording on the day of the uh, Welsh Open, men's foil Welsh Open, and uh, unfortunately this year I couldn't attend that. So it's sometimes yeah, personal life gets in the way of fencing, and just got to go on hold for a bit. How did you do at the RAF Open? I got a last 16, I think. Uh, yeah, I did. I got a last 16. I'm looking at results now. Yeah, I got a last 16. It's, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good performance for me. I'd, I would have liked a last eight, but I, I was outdone. I, I had an opponent that I've had a couple times, Ali Alamosh. He's a really good fencer that I've known since a cadet. I've fenced him on the piece since a cadet. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm quite happily outdone by him but I'd, did you have uh, a fun day yeah i had an absolutely fantastic day it's the raf for anyone who hasn't done it i would heavily advise to do it it's an absolutely fantastic competition run brilliantly by um raf fencing yeah it's a really really good well organized competition but yeah it's uh really fun it's not too serious as well uh they've got fantastic trophies and it's a great venue, isn't it? It's a fantastic venue. It, the toilets are a little too far away. Um, yeah. But, yeah, apart from that, it's really it's really nice, really open. So, with regards to sort of inspiration, who do you, who do you want to inspire going forwards? Um, I'd like to inspire, really, anyone who who's just starting fencing, if I'm honest. It's a real fantastic sport, and it's worth keeping going at you there is a really accessible competitive area of the sport but there's also a more relaxed community-based uh, area of the sport which is something I think you find especially in Northampton fencing club and I think you'll agree with that that you have both competitive fencers as well as more community fencers who just enjoy the sport as as it is yeah and yeah, you don't have to be competitive. You can just enjoy it and relax, and just enjoy fencing. That's yeah. So do you do you feel that you get people who are starting at Nottingham? They come along to the, they give fencing a go, and you you get that across to them successfully. That's a really good question, and one that I'm I I don't think I can answer with all that accuracy. If I'm honest, we have a really good beginners course at Nottingham with coached by James Gowan who we've spoken about before fantastic fencer and we're we have lots of social events as well to welcome new fencers I think university fencing because of Bucks and because Nottingham is really competitive is really competitive in that regard there is a there is more emphasis put on the competitive side of the club but we also have a lower team as well we so we have a fourth team which really gives new fencers a chance of having a go and competing in a more relaxed and fun way um it was actually without really, that pressure yeah without that pressure that the extra competition yeah. brick can bring yeah and like understanding that kit can go wrong and actually it's okay yeah it, it really introduces you to a competitive side a competitive side of fencing that is 
much more relaxed. Uh, in fact, last year, our fourth team won their league and got promoted, um, which was a, a real fantastic achievement for them. And I, I think it's testament to the good quality coaching and good quality fencing at Nottingham. What, what are your plans for the future, Alfie, with regard to fencing? I don't know at the moment. I'm, I'm just pretty much going with the flow, just keeping on the circuit as much as I can. I mean, sometimes, yeah, personal life and social life work life get in the way of being able to do certain stuff and that's and that's something that um has really caught up to me recently because going through cadets and juniors and especially because you're in school you've got so much more time to focus on fencing and now I'm starting to come out and I'm not competing as much as I was I was just talking to my mum who chauffeured me up and down the country uh when I was much younger about competitions and what competitions I'm doing at the moment and we were saying how at that one time when I was especially a cadet I was competing at junior events then cadet events then senior events and I had months where every weekend was full I've got to that point now I'm growing up and I'm not not fencing every weekend as much as I'd like to be big thanks must go out to to mummy smith then oh yeah mummy smith uh Anyone that's, call her that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> she she might kill me, but yeah. Um, if I don't say this, I, I'll definitely get killed. A massive thank you to my dad, who one time took me all the way to Darlington near Harrogate for a competition. Um, I did win it, but a massive, and he made sure I said a massive thank you to him, and and that was a real spare the moment competition as well and thankfully he did it and I'm really thankful for that well it was worth the sacrifice to go all that way yeah he, he he's never stopped going on about it which is quite funny um well, he's proud of it, proud of his young son yeah 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 he's more he's more proud that he he did it actually and got, um, I managed to convince him into doing it which is which is a miracle in itself but yeah Anyone who's competing at a younger age, they'll know that your parents do so much for you and take you up and down the country. My mum's taken me to Cardiff and took me down to London on consecutive weekends. Yeah, it's really, really important. They're really important to uh, especially young fencers. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to talk to you a little bit about about injuries and about injury outcomes. So have you, have you suffered with um, a couple of injuries I'm actually... Um, if the answer is no, that's fine. I'm actually returning back to training um, from an injury break, actually. I've recently taken a bit of an injury break. I had... Uh, I was fencing guy uh, at my club uh, called Chris. Chris is a very big guy, and I was fencing him in Sabre. I, I know it was my own fault for doing a silly weapon. And... Um, Apologies to all the surprise listening. <laughs> and Dev. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apologies. I uh, went guard to guard. We both extended into each other, and Chris is a really big guy, um, and he basically went through me. Uh, that's the fairest way of saying it, and it really um, really hurt my wrist. So I, I've just come back from a um, injury little injury break where I, I just thought give it a couple couple sessions off to help me uh, return. I'm very thankful that Nottingham have got um, 
I'm doing some absolutely shameless promotion here. Uh, but Nottingham Uni, because we are counted as an elite sport at the university, we've got a lot of access to um, recovery, um, not just physical, but psychological and medical help to help us get back from injury. So I got my wrist checked out and I got, um, and it was all fine, but I just took some time off and sometimes you've got to do that. Um, yeah, and that's, that's my, my recent experience. It's really important to look after yourself. Did they give you any, any exercises to do? Uh, yeah, they just, um, gave me exercises just to move it about a bit, not strain it too much, a little bit of stretching. Also, Paul Sibber, who's the coach at Nottingham, gave me a, a, a band to go around my hand, a little brace that um, that didn't actually fit under my glove. So it was, it was rather superfluous, but I, I wore it off the piece, which was which was the main thing. So, are there any are there any notable people in in your fencing career that you'd like to sort of say thank you to, apart from apart from your mum and your dad? <laughs> there's an endless there's an endless list list to be completely honest with you I think well first of all Paul Wilmot for getting me started with fencing and um, for for all of you that go to Northampton that listen to this podcast they'll know that Paul is very encouraging and uh, helps you out along the way uh, a massive amount so there's a massive thanks there I'd also like to give massive thanks to Stephen Conroy who's there for me at a lot of competitions and who started my real passion for fencing. And then probably um, Richard Morris, who I owe so much to in terms of training and technical ability and who's been um, a really fantastic coach to me along my fencing journey. Well, in that case, thanks very much for joining us, Alfie. It's been lovely to talk to you and I wish you every success for the future. Thank you very much for having me, Nick. It's an absolute pleasure. Hi Jason. Hi Nick. Jason, where do you get your kit? I get all my stuff for our club armourer, but I think he gets it from Ian at PVT UK. Me too. I get my stuff from Ian using his website pbtukfencing.co.uk. What did you get from them last time? Oh, I needed a rewire. I needed a rewire desperately. Between Christmas and New Year, I had a couple of weapons that went down. Right before a competition? I needed it pretty quickly. So I got in touch with Ian, sent it through to me, and I had it by the end of the week. That's really great service. He does testing and repairs of equipment too, doesn't he? He does everything. Masks, jackets, weapons, but also repairs. So very useful. And do you know what the best thing is? They actually have a real shop that you can go and visit to try stuff on. Oh, that's useful because if you need a mask, and you always need to try them on just to make sure they're not flopping around. Well, you wouldn't want a floppy mask, would you? especially after Christmas, getting those breeches back on. <laughs> Too many mince pies. Well, I know where I'll be going next time I need some fencing equipment. So visit pbtukfencing.co.uk.